Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your convenience. August 6, 2020. Disney launches three torpedoes that will accelerate legacy media's collapse. Disney's fiscal Q3 June 2020 earnings call earlier this week marked an important inflection point for the media industry as a whole. Quote, The incredible success we've achieved to date has made us even more confident about the future of our direct-to-consumer business and our ability to be more aggressive in our approach. Going forward, this confidence, coupled with the trends we're seeing in the multi-channel universe, will lead us to pursue even more innovative and bold initiatives to grow the business. We'll be hosting another Investor Day in the coming months, focus on our plans to accelerate the push into the direct-to-consumer marketplace across our Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, and Star Brands, end quote. Bob Chapek, Disney CEO, on their earnings call August 5th, 2020. Now let's unpack the three key highlights from Disney's fiscal Q3 June call. Number one, D2C ESPN unbundling sports. With the U.S. multi-channel video subscriber declines accelerating to 6% in Q2, in calendar Q2, from a down 2.5% in the year-ago quarter, declines should actually move up into the high single digits over the back half of calendar 2020. Disney is realizing that the bundle's collapse is now assured. While Disney management indicated that today's model is, quote, the most effective way to maximize shareholder value from the ESPN brand, end quote, they went on to say, quote, we're certainly open to any and all options in terms of how we may be able to get our programs to our consumers, end quote, and tease that we will hear more about it at the upcoming Analyst Day. That certainly does not sound like ESPN is going fully over the top in the coming months, although I will say that I think a lot of investors felt like they, quote-unquote, heard that sentiment or body language during the call. It does sound like Disney will be pushing hard to make more premium live sports content available on ESPN+, akin to what they're already doing with FX on Hulu, where the best of FX is now only on Hulu and not within the cable bundle on the FX network. This all makes the coming NFL renewal process all that more intriguing. Number two. D to C Mulan. Unlike Warner Brothers, which is forcing Tenant into movie theaters in a few weeks thanks to Chris Nolan, Disney has opted for a split approach, using a $30 PVOD offering within Disney Plus in markets that are still being meaningfully impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, and releasing in theaters in the less affected territories. While Disney signaled that this was a quote-unquote one-off, They went on to talk about how they hope to learn from the Mulan release in terms of the impact it has on new Disney Plus subscribers and the actual buy rates achieved at the $30 price point. We believe Disney will keep upwards of 80 to 85% of the $30 transaction fee versus 55% of box office in a typical film release. If Mulan was a global PVOD-only release that did a billion dollars, uh, if you think about it within Disney Plus, the you would need to sell an estimated 29 million units, which sounds hard to imagine at a $30 price point. To understand the math, you can look at the film profit exhibit that we laid out back in March that's using the $25 net price point for the Mulan PVOD offering. However, 
That unit number of 29 million excludes the potential benefits of new Disney Plus subscribers, the potential to monetize on third-party PVOD platforms after an exclusive Disney Plus PVOD window, meaning Amazon or iTunes, and or traditional EST or DVD rentals, all of which would lower the units required. It remains a bit unclear exactly what the Mulan release strategy will be beyond the fact that in many countries it's going to start on SVOD. And of course, remember, Mulan is going to theaters in some markets around the world, so the PVOD units will be meaningfully lower to hit the same level of profitability if it had come out in theaters and done a billion dollars of box office. Number three, D2C overseas and write down. Disney announced the coming launch of a general entertainment streaming service outside the U.S. to be called Star, and they took a $5 billion write-down on the value of their international channel portfolio. Disney's 10Q states, the company's increased focus on D2C distribution in international markets is expected to negatively impact the international channel business as we shift the primary means of monetizing our film and television content from licensing of linear channels to the use of our D2C services. Cable networks are clearly not in Disney's future anywhere around the world. Implications of Disney's actions. Hashtag bundle breaks. As consumer behavior has shifted from linear TV to internet TV, every legacy media company has capitulated and is now trying to play catch-up to the tech giants in direct-to-consumer streaming. With the most ambitious content all moving to streaming platforms, the only reason left to subscribe to the multi-channel video bundle is live sports and cable news. We have assumed that sports would keep 40 to 50 million U.S. households subscribing to the multi-channel bundle at ever higher prices. Note, it's already sunk below 80 million, probably around 78 today, and will end the year in the mid-70s. Cord cutting has accelerated to over 6% this quarter, and is likely to end the year in the high single digits. In turn, affiliate fee revenue from each cable network group has fallen to low single digits with several companies already showing year-over-year revenue declines. We suspect the entire industry will be in negative territory by the end of calendar 2020. If Disney is really considering shifting content from ESPN to ESPN Plus and or sharing content across both services, The pace of cord cutting is likely to increase into the teens and the proverbial bottom of combined MVPD, VMVPD subs will be far lower than the 50 to 40 to 50 million we mentioned earlier. Peacock already includes Premier League and CBS All Access has had NFL and golf for several years and is about to air Champions League this year. The decline in affiliate fees by 2020 are going to be a huge problem for the entire broadcast and cable network industry. Everyone needs a new plan. That said, most don't have one. It really does feel like sports is nearing a tipping point towards streaming. Unfortunately, we do not see a viable economic model that monetizes sports direct to consumer at a level anywhere near how they monetize within the legacy multi-channel bundle. Sports media is simply destined to be less profitable unless competition abates for rights fees and the rights fees actually start to decline, which they actually have overseas. For now, sports costs continue to rise, creating a real problem for every legacy media company involved in sports. The situation becomes even more problematic with the coming NFL renewal, where rights costs could double from the prior contract. 
media companies may need to abandon existing sports rights, as we've already started to see with Fox, which abandoned some golf rights, as Lightshed's Brandon Ross discussed in his recent WWE post. The legacy multi-channel bundle is held up far better overseas. In turn, Disney's decision to essentially abandon their channels overseas shows they're not going to make the same mistake twice. They are not going to wait for the MVPD subscriber base to begin to collapse before ramping up D2C streaming as they did in the U.S. Now, to be fair, Disney does not have the sports content overseas that likely held back their decision-making in the U.S. for years. But it still sends a pretty strong signal that the breakdown of the bundle is a global phenomenon. Not to mention, with Disney ramping up Star, it will only help fuel the demise of the bundle internationally, as Disney will need to spend aggressively on marketing and original programming. Note, they do not have the brand equity and the quote-unquote babysitter-on-demand element that made Disney's la- Disney Plus's launch so successful. It's also interesting to consider that the Star launch overseas is an ad-free general entertainment service, unlike Hulu in the U.S. More and more of the global premium video landscape is ad-free, creating real challenges for brands and advertisers around the world. This could be a positive for AVOD fast services such as Pluto, Tubi, and the Roku channel that are expanding rapidly overseas. Hashtag window breaks. The prolonged COVID-19 pandemic is forcing movie studios to rethink their approach to theatrical windows. Even when movie theaters are allowed to reopen, attendance will be pressured by the fear of being in an indoor space until at least a vaccine is widely available. It remains unclear whether other studios will follow Universal's lead, which reached a deal with AMC Theaters, to begin releasing movies on PVOD as early as 17 days post-theatrical. However, it is increasingly clear from every media executive commentary during Q2 results that movie release windows will simply never be the same, even when a vaccine is widely available. The historic 75-day window between a film's theatrical release and its premiere on EST, Electronic Sell-Through, and the 90-day window between theatrical release and the DVD rental window is effectively dead. In addition, we suspect the 6- to 8-month window between theatrical and pay one will shrink to between 3 and 4 months, if not less. Studios really have no choice. Consumer behavior is shifting as more and more movies are going straight to streaming and away from a theatrical release. Not to mention the amount of TV content available that is cinematic quality has exploded competing for movie time spent. In fact, we expect Netflix to spend over $5 billion in the coming year on movie production and the acquisition of new and catalog titles, which further conditions consumers that they do not need to go to movie theaters anymore. Netflix will be the world's largest movie studio by far, having already become the largest television studio in the world. Apple, likewise, has seen the recent success of Greyhound direct to Apple TV+, and is accelerating film spending and acquisition. The story for so many years was that movies get lost on streaming services, and there is, quote-unquote, no buzz. Even if studio executives wanted to ignore what has happened to Netflix in the past couple of years, from Bird Box to Extraction to Irishman to Kissing Booth. When they saw the buzz and excitement surrounding Disney Plus's Hamilton in early July, the power of direct-to-streaming movies was no longer debatable. Direct-to-SVOD is the best way to monetize movies, 
which ties to our math on how Disney could actually double studio profitability by abandoning movie theaters and embracing direct-to-esfied streaming. Sadly, studio executives are still too focused on transactions versus streaming, meaning PVOD versus SVOD. The right approach is to add value to SVOD to drive subscriptions and the value perception of your service so that you can raise price across the entire subscriber base. Think of it akin to what has happened for broadcast and cable networks in the legacy multi-channel bundle, where networks use the NFL or the NBA to raise affiliate fees or retrans fees across the entire base of subscribers. All the studios to embrace SVOD, eventually. The challenge with PVOD is you still have to spend aggressively to get the necessary buy rates and what happens with weaker content. PVOD works great with winners, but SVOD can not only absorb your winners, it can find an audience for weaker content that has no incremental cost to the consumer. PVOD simply cannot do that, which will still drive write-downs on failures across PVOD. Not to mention, spending $20 to $30 on a movie is getting harder and harder to justify at home when you have more content or more new movies available on competing services such as Netflix at no incremental cost. For movie exhibitors, the end result is catastrophic. With shorter windows, consumer interest in moviegoing will be meaningfully reduced. Movies going will not disappear, but there will not be enough demand nor supply of content to support 40,000 plus screens in the U.S., not to mention a huge global installed base. We continue to expect most exhibition chains to file for bankruptcy in the coming 12 to 24 months, which will lead to a significant shrinkage or rationalizing of their footprint of theaters and screens. As theater bankruptcies occur and the number of screens shrink, it will push the studios even harder and faster to consider SVOD. It's just a matter of time.